Today on Sexually Woke, I'm celebrating Thanksgiving and talking about how gratitude and generosity can improve your sex life. Hey, and thanks for joining me on this week's episode of Sexually Woke. And it's Thanksgiving, so I know we're all just flooded with thinking about being thankful and grateful, and I want to talk about how that relates to being sexually woke, because this whole idea of Thanksgiving, which I think is so wonderful, reminded me a lot about a section from my book where the sexually woke women were talking about the way they approach their relationships with intention and attention which is a really generous act. And it also ties in with gratitude. So gratitude and generosity to me are so closely related. They both come from this field of understanding of a mindset of abundance where we have enough, where we're inherently worthy. And so we've got plenty to give away so we can be generous. We're not scared to be grateful or to voice our gratitude, which in itself is a generous act. You know, we say we give thanks, right? So we're giving thanks. It's a grateful procedure. So generosity, gratitude. We're going to talk a little bit about that today and what it's got to do with your sex life because everything kind of does, right? So in the book that I wrote a couple years ago called Sexually Woke, some of you have read, or if you haven't, you can go ahead and do that. The Sexually Woke Women were a group of women who had really found the secrets to having a vibrant, healthy sex life better than ever before. And they were all over 45. So I got really fascinated with them and I wrote a book about that. But one of the secrets that they shared was this understanding that they treated their relationships with intention, which I defined as the deep internal decision to act in a certain way on purpose. Okay, so that's intention. They were very intentional about treating their relationships well. And then attention, which is a tiny little bit different. And I describe that as where I choose to focus my mind, where I put my attention. So if we approach our relationships with intention, whatever that intention might be, for example, my intention for my relationships might be to be completely transparently honest, to always show up with love and understanding, to listen really well, to be forgiving to apologize when I screw up as soon as I can, to not hold a grudge or be resentful, to let go of the little idiosyncrasies that I can find annoying and just let the person be as they are, whatever those intentions might be for you. Those are some of mine. If we treat our relationships with that degree of intention, it really improves our sex life, which is kind of obvious, but you can imagine when you're coming into a relationship coming into your relationship every day with that intention, it's going to really increase connection and sex is all about connection, right? So I'm just going to remind you guys about some of these things I've talked about before from the book. One of the cutest things, and this is such a small thing that the sexually woke women did, is they made a ritual, kind of a ritual, about every day just coming and going. You know when your partner leaves the house in the morning or when you leave and then when you come home? You know, I was married and divorced, and in that relationship, maybe sometimes I didn't even say goodbye. Uh, Maybe sometimes as soon as he came home, I just launched into talking about the business of the household or whatever. But there wasn't that deep intention to just stop for a few seconds and look the person in the eye before they leave or when they come home 
and say something that makes them realize that I love you. We got this. I'm really wishing you a good day from the bottom of my heart. When you come home, I'm truly asking you, how was your day from the bottom of my heart? So I just thought that was so sweet. Everybody had some version of this. There's something really magical about being with another human and knowing that you have their full attention. That daily expression of importance and acknowledgement is priceless and it's so easy. And that might be the single easiest thing that you commit to if you want to be more connected and have better sex. It's so easy. So, for example, in the book, Jill and Adam always make a point of having a kiss goodnight and I love you before they go to sleep. And then he rolls over on his left side because he has an injury to his right shoulder and rolls away from her. But she doesn't feel abandoned because they've gone through that process. Whereas in a different situation, if he were just to roll over and not say anything, you can imagine how that could lead to resentment. Jill says, I like to say something flattering by teasing, wow, it's really great to see you today, my sexy man. Or I'll rub his head and say, how did I get so lucky? And then he'll wink at me and call me his beautiful wife. Some days I'll walk out to the car and then I'll go back inside if it doesn't feel like my goodbye was adequate. Maybe it's the last time I'll ever see him. I just thought that was so sweet because, you know, not to be uh, morbid, but we really don't know if it's the last time that we're going to see each other. So, you know, treating our relationships with that degree of intention where every goodbye is adequate if it were the last one, you know, and I actually have thought about that a lot since I did these interviews. Like, is this goodbye adequate if it turns out to be the last one? Like if I get that horrendous phone call saying that my partner has passed away, what am I going to remember about the last conversation that we had? And I don't want to be morbid. I just think that's an amazing way to approach relationships. It's a very high level of intentionality. So coming and going, it's really, really easy. Another one of the interviewees, Allison, said, when Darren comes home, our two dogs get really excited. After 20 years together, he'll be like, hey, guys, get out of my way because I can't wait to get to mom and give her a kiss. So, you know, we have to have the feeling in order to support that kind of conversation, but someone has to go first. And I promise you, again, in this Thanksgiving idea about generosity and gratitude, if we take the first step to be generous enough to give that kind of intention to the relationship, we're going to get so much back. We are. You know, and honestly, if we don't, then we need to renegotiate that relationship. But all of the sexually woke had something to say about coming and going. And I just thought that was so sweet. Another thing they valued was just regular intimate connection. So sometimes days just go by, weeks go by, and we kind of forget to have sex. But we have to be intentional about putting it on the calendar and valuing regular connection. And so it maybe is mundane as making sure it happens at least every Saturday. But the sexually woke really made that important. You know, we have time for the things that we make important. And it's really easy for us to say, I don't have time or I don't feel like it. But if it's important and if this relationship is important, we will make time for it. And that is something that the sexually woke shared. And I just thought that was so sweet. So Rosie was one of the interviewees. She and her husband travel a lot for work, so they have to make the most of their time together. She says, when I'm back in town, we need time for us to spend together. And we laugh because our sex is our shortcut to reconnect. We could sit down and have a conversation or a meal, or we could just have sex. <laughs> so obviously that's what they do first, which I thought was really sweet. And this is a couple that's been together for 30 years. You know, I think that's really important advice. When you're together, just be present. Turn off your phone, 
And if your mind's somewhere else, then you're not giving yourself to that person. So that's another really important tip. You know, just be together when you're together. Look each other in the eye. Put down your other things. If you're on your phone, it's like you're half there. And we all know that feeling when someone isn't really there. It's telling us you're not that important. And so when I'm hearing from someone I love, you're not that important, you know, that is the opposite of generosity. And it's going to lead to resentment. And so let's not do that. If we want to make our relationships work, we have to prioritize our relationship. It's one of the most important things. So not only prioritizing our relationship, but the sexually woke also really prioritized self-care. We don't want to be codependent and completely dependent on this other person for our happiness. Of course, part of being in a really healthy relationship is being able to feel whole on your own. So all of the sexually woke really valued self-care and that's being generous to yourself. Being generous to yourself means taking time for yourself and then giving your partner time for themselves as well without being resentful. And that showed up all over the place through my interviews with the sexually woke. One thing that I love is that the women in this group really valued same-sex friendships. And that's something that I'm really starting to work on. You know, you can have your primary partner if you're in a heterosexual relationship, and that's fantastic. They're going to be your number one, your most special person. But having same-sex friends to share with is incredibly important for our health and to prevent becoming codependent and all of those things. So nourishing same-sex friendships, and then encouraging our partners to do the same thing without feeling resentful or jealous. All of the sexually woke shared sentiments in that way. So speaking of Thanksgiving, generosity, gratitude, little small acts, tiny little things that made a big impact, and some of them were so cute. (laughs) So Allison again said, the little things that you do you might think are insignificant are probably really significant. I'll look at my husband and say, you're just so cute. And he'll smile and say, I'm glad you think so. Okay, do you want to have sex? Is that it? They laugh. We have a lot of fun with words. I just think if you're not feeling like doing that, maybe it's not the right person. So that's what Allison had to say. And I I wonder if that might be true. Like having fun, you know, not taking everything so seriously. The sexually woke really made time for playtime. I love this one. It's uh, so simple. I've quoted Elizabeth before, but she said her secret to her 30-year marriage was find out the top five things that he wants, and if you take care of those things, then you're good to go. I know what makes my husband happy. He loves espresso, so I make sure we have a good assortment of espresso, and he really likes high-quality bacon, so every Friday I go out and make sure we have some. So I just think that was so incredibly simple and cute, but what a beautiful act of generosity. And then, you know, we get that gratitude back in return. She's showing gratitude for the relationship by making these small, little, inexpensive, not time-consuming acts that she knows makes him happy. And it just creates this beautiful cycle of generosity and gratitude. So I've quoted Carla before, too. This one's so sweet. He buys me flowers for no reason at the grocery store, possibly just because the ones he bought me last week died. (laughs) That's one of my favorite quotes. So another thing that the sexually woke did in terms of this intention and attention secret was making sure there was novelty in the bedroom. And, you know, I just think that's so important. Sex can get boring, especially if you've been with the same person for a long time. And we know that couples who talk about sex more have better sex. That is actually proven in many studies. So talking about sex and asking questions about, you know, what do you like? What would you really want me to do right now? What are your fantasies or what do you love? 
And I've told this story before, like I personally like pink and peach and white night wear. And so that's what I had been wearing for a long time. And I had never asked, uh, but it turns out that he likes black corset <laughs> type stuff. It's like that could have gone on for years, but you never ask. And so, you know, the other person might not want to tell you because they don't want to hurt your feelings or whatever, but just saying, you know, so what do you like? Do you, you know, what turns you on? Like what images are really exciting for you? And, you know, there might be things that you're not comfortable doing, and I'm not suggesting that you ever do that, but within the realm of being able to make some small changes that will make your partner happy, why not? And then they'll likely do the same for you. But how many times have we just put up with crummy sucks and we're thinking in our mind, God, I wish he would do that or I wish he would stop doing that. We just need to get more comfortable talking about sucks and then figuring out how to add novelty in so that it stays exciting. Because what you like now is different than what you like when you were 20, I imagine. It is for me. And it's going to continue changing over time as our anatomy changes and our relationship changes and grows. So my friend Meg, who is here on this podcast a lot, I quoted her in the book, and you might remember she's a coach and also teaches a soul cycle spin class. So one of the things she said once was, push yourself to the point of doubt. And this is in a cycling class, but this works in your sex life too. Push yourself to the point of doubt. If you're certain that you can do it, you're not trying hard enough. Go into a new world of uncertainty. That's where the growth is. So I'm not suggesting that you do anything that really makes you uncomfortable, like I said, but trying something new that is a little different. Why not? That's how we grow. And then we'll develop new skills. And that's how our sex life will stay exciting. And again, talking about Thanksgiving, we're talking about being generous. And, you know, this is an ultimate act of generosity, asking our partner what they want and trying to deliver it for them if we can without making ourselves uncomfortable. And then gratitude. We're showing gratitude for the relationship by caring enough to go there to this place where we might feel a little bit uncomfortable. So speaking appreciation. Well, that's all about Thanksgiving, isn't it? Speaking appreciation was one of the key things that the Sexually Woke had in common. They all made a point. And you'd heard some quotes already about just saying little things that you appreciate. And just forget about the little nitpicky things that we can focus on, the little annoying things that each person might have that we tend to focus on. Just let them go. Find the things that you love and focus on them. Repeat them over and over in your mind so that they become the point of attention. This is where we're talking about attention being where you choose to focus your mind. You can choose to focus your mind on all the little stuff that you can't stand which will lead to the demise of the relationship. Or you can choose to focus on the things that you love and just highlight those, repeat them over and over, sit and feel those really deeply for as long as you can. And then tell the person, you know, if you see something that you appreciate, say it out loud. And, you know, it becomes a habit so that your partner feels very appreciated. And wouldn't that be wonderful to hear appreciative words all day long? Who wouldn't love that? And that's somebody that I would want to have sex with also. So it really improves connection. And that makes us want to get in bed together, doesn't it? We already talked about playtime. That's a really important thing that the Sexually Woke focused on. Just having some fun, just lightening up a little bit around how difficult relationships can sometimes seem. And then another point of intention was that they used words very carefully. So 
kindness, uh, using I language, meaning if you've got something difficult to say, don't start with you did blah, 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 where you're blaming, using language that's very neutral, you know, trying to apologize when you screwed up, all of those things. And it's, you know, not easy. We weren't born knowing how to do this, but it turns out that it really helps. So that is just my thoughts on Thanksgiving and gratitude and generosity and how that can play into improving your sex life. And this is all based on real research that I did for my book, Sexually Woke, where we found this group of women who had these amazing things in common. And so I think we can all learn from them. And I can tell you, I've learned so much from them. So I wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. Spend some time thinking about how to be grateful and generous in your relationships and it will come back to help you in the bedroom. I'll talk to you soon.